Greetings and welcome to this week's episode of the Pixel Crashers podcast, a podcast where we rank on a whole bunch of video games and the stuff that they're doing wrong. I'm Angelus DiMorgio, joined once again by Kev. Brave Gaming! Who might or might not be still muted. We'll never know. <laughs> oh, we will, because we've already talked about how you have your own stream deck set up. We, we also have Night Rose. Hello! And then she was also praising Gavin before the show. And then lastly, we have Sinister Zyphon. I'm sure you're wondering why I gathered you all here. We actually, uh, you know, have also Zyphon's mustache here. Zyphon won't be joining us tonight, just his sinister mustache. <laughs> Because that's what's important here is not actually uh, a person. We place uh, precedent uh, importance on facial hair over the actual imagery. people. It's all about, about imagery and status. Yes, what about it, Rose, it is. What about Rose? We, we, we're just gonna leave Rose out. No, she no. already introduced me. weren't you we're paying talking, attention? We're the, no, we're talking about the facial hair. Yeah, oh. the facial hair. What facial hair? That's what I, we're gonna discriminate. Discriminate. Mm-hmm. Wait, can mm-hmm. I get an so. afro? We'll talk about my afro too. Yeah. Oh jeez, no, don't. We can do that. We get a big old afro, a big floppy one. Because that is obviously what's important. This. Mm-hmm. Priorities. Yeah, priorities. That's right. So things have happened this week. That not work. Uh, things have happened. Most notably, uh, everything's broken. Nothing's working right. We all know that. That's pretty standard. Um, Par for the course. Kev, I, as yeah, I understand it, Kev, Kev has been obsessed with uh, Warhammer 2 and has not stopped playing that in the entire week. Basically. I believe Warhammer it. Warhammer 2 subtitled Anthem. No. <laughs> <laughs> subtitled Anthem. Anthem's That's... a big no here. Yeah, I, well, I, I wanted to like Anthem. I really, really did. Yeah, I I think that's pretty much what you have is a split, you know, of people wanting to like it or either wanting to not like it, mm-hmm. and it was neither. That, if it, you wanted to hate it, you couldn't because it was almost good. But if you wanted to like it, you couldn't because it was almost good. All of my issues with Anthem are technical, <laughs> like. My 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 biggest beefs mostly were fixed during that um, week trial, or or that that early access week. Most of those were fixed, but I have this weird issue with mouse and keyboard. Like I can completely take my hands off it. My javelin's still running in a direction, shooting, and my hands will be in my lap. It's like I got. Yeah, I had that issue with uh, you know off host uh, network connectivity with Andromeda. That would happen frequently. I've never seen that. Yeah, we know me. No, I, I keep running, or the or the or rubber band. <laughs> See, I wasn't rubber banding. Yeah. It was like I would literally just take my hands off the controls, and they would just basically like auto double you by himself, and just run for it. I don't try? have that issue with any other games. Yes, I turned it off and back on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try unplugging it though? Yes, and then I had to alt alt for uh, alt for the game. Yeah, right. funny See, shit. <clears throat> my thing is, it also doesn't like the, my Bluetooth headphones. I would turn on the game, and the headphones would just cut, and I could still like go in my browser, hear stuff. I could hear stuff in other games. Anthem, nope. 
<laughs> Run it through a digital interface. I'm not complicating uh, no. things, I'm just not going to buy the game. <laughs> He's going to siphon it up. Siphon up the situation? See, Siphon doesn't understand. See, rather than go through all the malarkey of this, I just can't buy the game. I'll just keep my money. That's mm-hmm. an option. Oh, it's yes, a very good option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my thing is, is that I, I've been recommending against anybody purchasing uh anthem simply because the the game frankly does not have it's not finished it's not complete it, it's it's two-thirds of a game i think as i as i put it it's got it's got a decent early and mid game to it but pretty much universally everybody says after anywhere between 20 to 40 hours depending on your mentality the game just kind of eh, i'm done and it's like <clears throat> well here's the thing though don't say that if ea pays you to do a review Oh yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a, get that in a second. But the <laughs> the thing is, is that uh, we I, have I've given been, away our premium content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not our only premium content. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, our premium content will now be served in loot boxes that cost two ninety nine each. However, if you maybe maybe you'll get a good story. Get maybe you'll just get cat videos. Who knows? You always get something of value, therefore it's not gambling. Maybe, maybe you'll get um, a piece of paper that just says cat picture. Yeah. Yeah, you actually don't actually get anything. <laughs> we, we will give you a guarantee after so many loot boxes, though. Mm-hmm. No, 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 nothing, nothing that, that special on there. But, uh, yeah, it's... I, I just feel like that, uh, unfortunately, there might have been... I. All right, so let me get the unpopular opinion out of here. And this is entirely opinion-based conjecture. I don't have any evidence to support this. But my theory on why it feels like the game is two-thirds done was largely because uh, uh, Bioware got an emergency all-stop probably about the middle of last year to go back and rip out all of the loot boxes that were laid in in the game because that was the uh that was the heart of ea's like yeah i would say probably uh august september ish time frame that was really whenever the loot box thing was coming to the heads probably about a month before you heard bioware announce very spectacularly that there would be no loot boxes in anthem that was probably either right after or right before they had started the process of ripping them out of the game. And that's that's my theory on there. Like I said, no evidence, and chances are we'll never know exactly if that happened it, or not. It's EA. They had loot boxes. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty certain. The before, theory makes sense. Yeah, it's well. I mean, it was uh, it was Need for Speed. What was the Need for Speed game late uh, in 2016? Right. Is that when Battlefield 2 uh, came out? Battlefield 2 is 2016? 2017? God damn it, what year uh, is it? Uh, 2017. 2017. 2017, I think. Yeah, late 2017 when Need for Speed it Rivals. 20, it was 2016. Was um, it 2016? Battlefield's Jesus. every two years. We just got a Battlefield. No, no, no Battlefront. Every... Battlefront. Oh, Battlefront. Yeah, Battlefront yeah, was 2017. Battlefield 5 was end of last year, so it was end of 2018. 
Um, yeah. So and then battle. I thought you said Battlefield One, which was the end of twenty sixteen. Uh, sorry, yeah, no, no. Uh, battle Battlefront Two and Need for Speed Rivals came out at the end of twenty seventeen. That's what started the kind of like the slow build up to uh, EA backing down on a lot of their loot box practices. So I mean, is it really fair to blame Need for Speed? Because nobody really blamed Need for Speed. Everybody was blaming Battlefront. Well, no, Battlefront was Battlefront the big one. Battlefront got destroyed. It, it, it is but, actually a decent game. But the thing is, is that it wasn't... I mean, and there was also Shadow of War got a lot of shit for it, too, at the time. Oh, and yeah, that's, yeah. Not e, that's not EA. That was a WB. But um, the thing Warner is... Brother. The thing is, is that uh, Need for Speed Rivals, the, the major thing about that is it looks straight up like a fucking slot machine. And that was really what people use that for um, was that, dude, this you're going to say this isn't gambling. It's literally a fucking slot machine. Um, so I think they, they more quietly removed the loot boxes out of Need for Speed Rivals. I may be wrong. They may not have given I mean- a shit. The pr- the problem is with EA and Activision does this too. They don't just like subtly try to ram it in. No, they put their dick on the table and then say, "Okay, you're <laughs> just gonna deal with this." Yeah, they go all in, all all up front, no lube. Fuck EA, fuck Activision. In the chat, please. Yeah, there's there's definitely a uh, um, a disconnect on there. Um, it's it's more or less to me what I see it as is that I see that they can't help themselves but try to fuck everything up mostly because it's like they need to make those profit demands right by their investors and their investors their uh uh their investors want more and more profits and they've got to keep showing growth and the way they show growth is to release more loot box games because loot boxes are a uh what would i call it they're a snowball effect right if i can release one game with loot boxes that keeps earning money year over year and then i release another game with loot boxes that earns money year over year then it's not like it was previously where i would release a game make money off that game for the first couple months and then not really make anything more after that and then i mean let's be real though when it comes to ea they're kind of like that person we were talking about before the um, podcast that they just have no kind of self-control when they mm. know they can get a loot box. Yep. Yeah. yeah that, that's a, that person kind of like when he gets around underage girls, they're kind of like that too. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Yes. I mean, my R. Kelly reference for the day. <laughs> Serious shade. Serious shade. But anyway, let's, uh, let's uh, hook into this here. So... Going into part of the the Anthem story, though, is that now it feels like a lot of times EA can't help themselves. And one of the aspects of their kind of whole strategy, not just been loot boxes that I've been critical of. I've been extremely critical of a lot of their marketing, too. And a lot of people have heard me rant about their marketing over and over again. Or their Um, unfinished games. Yeah, they're unfinished games too. But I've I've ranted a lot about their marketing mostly because I feel like that in some cases it flirts with some some ethically gray areas. Not anything unethical, not anything illegal. It's just a little a little shady to me. Uh, one of the big ones on there is actually the uh, EA Game Changers program, which um, nothing nothing against anybody who's in those programs. I 
I know a few of the people that are involved in it, and they're good enough people. It's not it's not anything they're doing that that is incorrect. There, there's a few shills, but I don't think they're all shills. Yeah, I, I think a lot of them are pretty fair in most cases. However, uh, I feel like that the act of being in the Game Changers program does introduce the potential possibility for unnecessary bias. Um, mainly predicated on the fact that you're receiving exclusive preferential treatment from the company whom you might want to provide coverage for. And by receiving that preferential treatment, uh, you may feel ingratiated to them and and maybe gloss things up and be a little bit more uh, positive. Or alternatively, um, you may fear losing that exclusive access and therefore be a little bit uh, more positive than normal. So hit or miss i i feel like that it's it opens the possibility of being biased enough to where just simply saying uh the content was provided by ea game changers doesn't necessarily always correctly relay what i feel like might be uh more biased than we understand oh they biased like a motherfucker yeah now alternative now in this case though this story on here is a kind of a he said she said we don't really have a clear story on here or a, a clear line on who's right we just have essentially allegations and then the official statements from ea so uh, essentially what it was is this guy uh this youtube creator uh ggg man lives lives i don't know anyway <laughs> I actually, I don't know how his name is said, but apparently, like I'd never heard of this dude before the story either. But apparently, he's always been a pretty straight up guy. Um, from the people that that I follow, that I trust a little more, that do watch this guy. Yeah. So, so Kev, what what what's the rundown of of this story essentially? Um, EA paid him to review Anthem. He gave Anthem a bad review. He said it was basically um, trash. And he made him take the um, video down, made him take out the watermarks. Then he could put it back after he took out like all of the Game Changer stuff. But apparently he got blacklisted out of the Game Changers because of it. Because he completely tore this game a new one. That wouldn't surprise me. So, um, well, in, to and then EA's denying it. They're just saying, oh, well, you didn't properly disclose. Yeah, the like, and he that's... clearly did. Well, the, essentially the thing is, and I've, I've known about this for a while, so just to kind of give the full thing on there, uh, EA has two branding logos, and I've seen these before. These were pretty clearly outlined, I want to say like two, three years ago, something like that. EA actually came out with pretty strict guidelines on this, and we actually talked about it, I think, on a podcast. God damn, we've been around too long. <laughs> um, but essentially they have a pre- presented by EA Game Changers, and sponsored by EA, right? And those are their two branding um, watermarks that you throw in there. Presented by EA Game Changers is essentially the one where they're not directly paid, they're paid to me, they're compensated by exclusive access, which to me is still a means of compensation. But that being said- Paid in loot boxes. Yeah, the 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 thing is, is that they're essentially flown out to a studio where they get exclusive insider access to see the game beforehand. They usually get to capture some of the game footage, although they have an embargo, they can't make videos and release them immediately. 
they can put together the videos and have them queued for release on a specific embargo day uh, later on down the line, but that does give them kind of a, a head start into exclusive uh, content for a title, which does give them a competitive edge a lot on YouTube because people will go to the channels that have the most relevant content often. Um, in any case though, that's the presented by EA Game Changers. If you see that, those people have been compensated with exclusive access to the game to get uh, early footage of the game so that they can release content mm -hmm. shortly before launch. It's marketing. That's all it is. It's influencer marketing, right? Sponsored by EA means that EA cut that person a fucking check straight up. Like, here's $1,000, make a video about this game. Or here's $10,000. It probably depends on your reach as a channel. You get in a, you get in 100,000 to 500,000 views of video, they're probably gonna give you a, a hefty check. In any case, supposedly what EA claims is that he fell into the latter category. He was directly cut a check to uh to make the video he was sponsored to make that video um however he had the watermark in the video that said presented by ea game changers uh not sponsored by ea that's their allegation that um that he had the incorrect branding and uh ea is pretty strict on that conversely he says that he was a part of the Game Changers program and he was releasing the video under that, although he was compensated for the video. So it's kind of a gray area that we don't really understand. The key on there is that um, he did say, uh, or the, the YouTube channel did decline to share the contract he signed relating to the videos or his correspondence with EAPR representatives that he says he were he was told to remove the video for its contents. The and the, I'd imagine that there's probably a lot of NDA stuff on there. Like he can't release make public his contracts because he could probably get sued by EA for that. Uh and his yeah. an official correspondence with EAPR representatives probably has a similar stipend to it like this is you know, private co communication between you and I, uh, like us and you. If you release this anywhere else, then you're liable to be sued as well. So that's probably why he can't release that. Um, but that's that's a rough one. He he did say before this whole uh, before he had to re-upload it. He did say that uh, um, <laughs> he did say directly. I had to re-edit my original review for Anthem because it was deemed too negative. And I guess on top of that, I've been added to the long list of blacklisted YouTubers. Uh, yeah. What, yeah. So my, my question is, uh, where do you guys side on this? Do you, I mean, it's easy to just like say, uh, it's EA and they're, they're shady and shit. So they, they probably are in the wrong, but do you guys think that this could be just simply cause EA is very strict on their branding that this could be just a simple matter of him branding it incorrectly. Before that, I want to know this list of blacklisted people. Is it larger or smaller than the list of closed studios? I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. What I'm gonna go, uh, yeah. What I'm going to go with on there is I think it's uh, a little both. Um, I think they use the branding deal to uh, screw him over, but I don't think that is completely what it is. I, you know, I think it, it is, you know, a, a little bit of what he claims, but that is not their leverage point. I think they use branding as a leverage point. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the only story they told. So technically they're right. They just didn't say all of what was going on uh, from their point of view. I, I do that's, know- Go ahead, Rose. That's my opinion, too, because it's a little bit of both. It just... If they've got really strict rules about those watermarks, that probably... They look for something to get him to take it down. And... That just so happened to be it. I'm with Rose on this one. I, I agree with Zyphon, but the porn snatch throws me off. But yeah, it's <laughs> definitely the... Um, they were looking for a reason. If they just happened to find one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my thing is, is that I've... Uh, I, now, this is anecdotal. Entirely anecdotal. Uh, but I, I do have some fellow... YouTube creators that I, I, well, actually mostly Twitch streamers that I talk to, especially, and this is most key on there, there's a few of the guys I talk to from Europe that that know some of the game changers from uh, FIFA, and they've made it clear that EA has had no problem blacklisting content creators, uh, the game changers in the FIFA side of it. So, now that's anecdotal, that is not proof, so... Proof enough for me. Huh? Proof enough for me. Fuck you. Yeah. I, I, the chat, let's go. <laughs> well, that, and that's the thing is that, um, and uh, where was that? At? Kevin, I, the jury, as soon as he hears one witness say, I seen him, did it. All right, hang him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Rockstar's on that list too. Yeah. The, the thing. Rockstar, I don't praise Rockstar. Yeah. The, the, the main thing is on there is that, I think it's, and I was trying to find where they actually said that, that they don't uh, scrounge for the content. Um, like, they don't go out looking for people that, uh, um, you know, that have infringed on their disclosure um, requirements on there. Uh, they, oh, there it is. Uh, rather than having our staff sweep for violation, EA f- enforces these requirements when it either finds or is made aware of a video that does not comply. In other words, they're not super hardcore about going out and finding the videos that uh, um, that don't correctly brand, right? That's And that's, to me, one of the key pieces on there is that it, I feel like that it showed up on their radar for having branding branded incorrectly because it was a negative review. Otherwise, they yep. probably would have ignored it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it had it had some kind of disclosure branding on the video. I feel like that that's the key on there is that they probably would have covered their legal basis if he had said presented by EA Game Changers because it's uh, it's disclosing that there was some sort of compensation made just on a pure speculative basis. Oh, totally. They would have left him alone if it was positive. Wouldn't say shit. Based upon the fact that almost all of the EA Game Changers I see out there, they're... Now, uh, the thing is, is that it's not always massively positive coverage but i noticed that it's at least generally amicable it's you know eh, you know they'll never directly say anything bad in fact i've seen sometimes where they painfully try to dodge saying what they really or at least from my viewpoint i'll see them like wording things in such a way where i'm like you really don't like this game you're just trying to not 
like burn bridges, which to be <laughs> fair, there are bit uh, YouTube creators that are big enough to be influencers like that. It's a business. You can't, mm-hmm. yeah. if you go around burning every corporate relationship that you have, like you, you tell, give EA the finger and just throw dirt all over Anthem. Is Activision going to come to you and be like, hey, we want you to do some influencer advertising? No, no, because they saw what you did to EA and, you know, Blizzard, you know, Blizzard or whatever other uh, Ubisoft, etc. You know, it's Basically, going to we, we ain't getting on none of these Epic probably would hire them and lock them exclusively to <laughs> against Steam. Only for a year. Uh... Only for a year. They can use Steam again. <laughs> Just 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 throw Epic right under the bus there. Um, no, the, Epic failure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's 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 yeah. really it. Is so my thing Praise on God. here. My my thing is that it's it, really what it comes down to though is that EA really. I I think they should not really have the distinction. It should just say sponsored by EA because the thing is, is that sponsorship doesn't necessarily mean you compensate them in actual money, compensating them with hotel rooms, with flights, all of that stuff, like incidentals. That's still sponsoring. Well, here's another thing is usually sponsorships involve contracts that fall outside of the target of the sponsor. Like, uh, you know, for example, like, say, if you're a uh, uh, sponsored uh, race car driver, um, you are not allowed to, you know, when, when you're not being paid to race, you're not allowed to talk ill of your sponsor on your free time, that sort of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of sponsorships have those kind of stipulations well, and requirements. You know, free freedom of speech restrictions. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and the a lot of it, and this is pretty standard, I think. But the the mm-hmm. the key on there, I think, is disclosure. Is that presented by EA Game Changers? That whole thing, to me, just makes it seem like they're trying to not make it appear that these people might be biased. That's really what it is, because to me, a lot of it screams subversive advertising. They're trying to make it appear like these people are just, they're normal people that we got their input for the game. You know, they're not, they're not compensated. They're just normal people <coughs> like you. You well, can trust what they say. See, the professional factor is that we have that relationship. Have to put out some th- two and three star ratings here and there. Yeah. Just so yeah. The, the credibility. It's the same reason IGN gives everyone at least seven. I don't know. Man. You- to, to be frankly honest, like I've been seeing a lot of the game sites getting more and more harsh on a lot of these AAA games recently. Probably because they're <laughs> yeah. losing their audiences. Well, their I think audiences they go, yeah, like, money is, but, and that's not where the money is. Well, it's yeah. yeah. It's, well, I, I mean, I, what I'm getting at too is like your audience will trash you. Like we've called IGN for years, ignorant gamer news. Um, because they give everything a seven. And when you see that, you know, the IGN review or the GameSpot or whatever review, giving them a seven or an eight, and then the user reviews like a two, you have to wonder, like, are they getting paid off? And that's why people say, oh yeah, these reviews are paid off. And well, the thing is, they don't, if they don't, they don't change that perception. They're done. Well, the thing is, I I don't, I'm not actually of the opinion that they were directly paid off. Like, I don't think EA directly ever. I I think people think it. Well, the people think it, and here's the reason why I think that they were giving such favorable coverage. Number number one, first of all, it's the the threat of being blacklisted. 
um, I think is ever present in a lot of people. Like, for example, I think it was Bethesda. Um, I think it was the blacklisted. Uh, um, Kotaku. No, Kotaku. Black- yeah. Um, Bethesda blacklisted Kotaku because they leaked Fallout 3 and then leaked Fallout 4. Yeah, and Ubisoft then there's is also blacklisted Kotaku because they um, leaked uh, early Assassin's Creed stuff. Well, who was it that uh, blacklisted Total Biscuit? I can't remember who that was. Somebody. Konami? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Konami. Konami. Oh, yeah. yeah. Konami blacklisted him and Jim Sterling. Um, you know, obviously not Total Biscuit anymore, but, you know, there's other reasons for that. Um, oh, Total Biscuit was blacklisting people, too. Like, he blacklisted Sega. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the thing the thing is, is that... Um, a lot of it, as I feel like there's that threat of being blacklisted and not receiving like review copies of the game um, as a, a legitimate threat that these game companies hold over reviewers um, to provide more uh, preferential coverage, which to me, that's a crock of shit, man. The whole point of the review is to be a consumer advocacy tool. It's meant to help the consumer, not the business. So by holding it over their head... That to me is just incredibly anti-consumer. But, but how not... important is early access now at this point? Like, if you would have asked me you know, four or five years ago, yeah, early access is a huge thing. Now I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's as big of a deal anymore. A lot of people are willing to wait, you know, for day one reviews. They know, or if there's like a beta, they're gonna watch their favorite YouTuber or their favorite Twitch streamer stream it. Um, you know, people are willing to wait. People are waiting a month for Angry Joe reviews. Yeah. You know, well, people are willing because to they've been burned enough by um, bad products coming, uh, bad products released on day one. Well, I'm still thing, having nightmares about the Magic <laughs> Collection, dude. Well, no, I mean, here's the thing. This is the the other part of it, though, is that um, a lot of times, a lot of these the the big corporate games that would come out were big name games that had at least a decent amount of people following the coverage on them. So by them giving a negative review or a middling review, I should say a middling review, nobody pays attention to nobody clicks on. Oh, they gave it a six out of 10 or a seven out of 10. Eh, we don't care. You give it a 10 out of 10. You give it a 9.5 out of 10. People want to know why you give it a three out of 10. People want to know why. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Now, granted, I know also a lot of them are getting away from numerical ratings, which I think is great because Every single one of them translates the fucking numerical ratings differently. You know, some of them Mm -hmm. put a numerical one to 10 scale based on like letter grades, right? So you Mm -hmm. have like, uh, you know, in the 90s, 9.1 to 10 is an A, you know, like, so the lowest grade you would get is a five out of 10. That's failing, right? That's an F is five out of 10. And then mm-hmm. everything above that, seven out of ten, that's a C. That's an average game. That and then you have other people that use the actual full gamut, and a f- average game is five, seven is above average, three is below average, etc. And that's where it gets a little confusing, is because everybody uses those numbers differently. <laughs> right. And then you start yeah. talking to gamers. Gamers these days are so spoiled. If your game is at least not at least an eight. They're not buying it, especially not day one. Like that—that's just how it is. You are never um, going to hear me say that gamers are fucking spoiled. Whenever uh, there's like the industry is this shit. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying ga- we're yeah. There's a lot of shitty things going on in the industry, 
But in terms of games, there's a lot of amazing games out oh, there. Oh, no, there's there's a lot and, of good and, games. And, I, I, I misunderstood like, you. And that's what I'm saying when we're, I say we're spoiled. <laughs> we're so spoiled by the good games yeah, that yeah. we're not going to play anything below an 8. Yeah, that's the, that's not a way to... Th- it, it's not uh, spoiled. It's uh, We have it good now. And our generation of gamers, we know how the, the crap of games used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I Superman, and motherfucking yeah, There's a lot of this generation that are playing mobile games that know how shitty games can be, but you know, a lot of yeah, there's a lot. A lot, of lot there's some mobile games that are good. Atari I mean, Nintendo. I keep hearing there's mobile well, games, like, but you I know, know I wanted to play more than just three good games for a console or a system. Like, so you start playing the shitty games just because they are available. Well, see, see, here's the thing: is that I think that depending on the price and, and what it's offering, I think there is a a market for middling games. But I I feel like I'm I'm of the of the opinion that um, if you're going to be a game developer um, and and publisher, you should produce the best product that you possibly can, market it as honestly as possible. That's the key that that really fails nowadays. And then uh, essentially, if your game sells well, boom, you got it. Take that money, reinvest it back into the company, make your improvements, make more games, whatever. If it doesn't sell well, get some honest feedback. What did people not like? Oh, they didn't like this system. They didn't like this thing, this character, whatever. Do some like blind surveys, email out to people that purchased the game, get some surveys on it, look at Steam reviews, etc., etc. Um, and see what people are saying. Look at then Steam go back reviews, to the drawing you board. Sell your game on Steam. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 but, that implies that you want your game is on fail. Steam, and two that you allow user reviews. And this isn't just Epic. Origin doesn't allow them either. No, Origin doesn't. Yeah. And, I, and that's that. That comes into the marketing. Um, I don't believe you Uplay know, does either. I, I don't think so. The a lot of those first party launchers, uh, I don't think uh, Blizzard, the Blizzard app, does either. I know um, the the Windows 10 store does. What, which yes, I love. The Windows which which I was actually kind of shocked about because previously the best you could get off of uh, the Microsoft, like on Xbox 360, is you might see a star rating, but you had no context as to what the fuck that even meant. Well, well, you well, you still don't see it on Xbox One. It, it's not. It doesn't appear on Xbox One unless it's. Oh, 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 I haven't oh, owned yeah. Xbox in a year, but I'm saying specifically on PC. If you go to the Windows 10 store, you see the ratings. You see them there. Of course, Steam has them. GOG has them. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazon has them. Of course, now, Amazon's think, huge think, on reviews. Yeah, I think you can even get them on Humble Bundle. I don't recall though. Yeah, Humble's got them. Uh, yeah, pretty much all, almost all the major stores has them. Uh, I would say, with the exception of the first-party big AAA publishers um, like Ubisoft, uh, Activision Blizzard, Bethesda, uh, Epic. Um, yes, Epic is lumped into that group. Most people, by the way, don't realize, and we're going to get talking about Epic here in a minute. In fact, I'll go ahead and switch Epic the story over like here. Epic is a massive developer, even before they, Fortnite. They are they're the creators they, of Gears of War. Yeah, the creator of Gears of War. They're, they're the creators <laughs> of the fucking forever. of the Unreal Engine. Right? Yes. Yeah. So it's like Weren't they were Unreal Tournament too. They were they were the uh, multi billion dollar corporation um, yeah. before like before Fortnite. And, right, and people act like like there's some like, like little indie dev that just blew up out of nowhere. No. Yeah, and that's and that minute and they know what the fuck they're doing. And that's yeah. that's where I go like people are like, "Oh yeah, this little little underdog is coming in, you know, uh, and knocking trying to knock around the big juggernaut of steam." I'm like, 
Epic is bigger than Valve. What, what Sorry, I hate to Epic. burst your bubble. They're bigger than Valve. I can't think of the last hit that Epic had since maybe Gears of War three. Uh-huh. You know, I'll give I'll give them that. I would say you know maybe they're having a Derrick Rose moment where you know they're MVP in twenty eleven and now all of a sudden you see a renaissance this year after them having a bunch of dud seasons. I'll yeah. give that. Like they're having a Derrick Rose moment, but they're not. <laughs> they're not the underdog by any means necessary. Yeah, and that's that, that's largely kind of the way I look at it is that. It, a lot of people don't necessarily understand scope of things. Sometimes they they kind of get this appearance because Tim Sweeney is carefully crafting this, and he's been for years crafting this narrative that Valve is some kind of big giant massive corporation that Shadow controls the entire PC gaming platform, mm-hmm. and there's just so much misinformation in that. I can't even get into it on this podcast. Uh, how does Lord Gaben? Control these other companies. In fact, these other companies like EA got PO'd and started their own launcher to get away from Lord Gaiman. Did, did, didn't, didn't you hear? Um, they have the quote-unquote veto power, according to Tim Sweeney, where they can simply say no if another store wants to sell a game for less. I'm like, Or if they, yeah, just, or the they just want to exist on PC. Get the fuck out of um, here. The, okay, they have. Well, say they did actually have this veto power, which they don't. When the fuck have they used it? Uh, it's it's right. all like one of the. That's one of that's in some ways this is actually a complaint against Valve. You know, this is both a, a bane and boon for Valve is their hands off approach. You know that that's a you know some people complain about it because they don't get involved when they feel things should be censored <laughs> you, out. You you, you, what, also, you damned you if you know, do, damned if you don't. On the fact that they don't get involved when they don't need to. Yeah, it's, it, they're <laughs> damned if they do, damned if they don't. All the news media is constantly on their shit for not curating their games because they they have and I love their their mindset on here is they're like as long as the game isn't illegal and I think major and I think Rose and I have had like discussions about some of the greater area and a lot of the visual novels on steam getting kind of banned on there and not only sure on why. Um, but aside from that, they're, they're of the mentality of if the content is legal, let it on there and people buy what they want. It's fucking revolutionary. Let the consumers choose what the fuck products they want to buy. Wow. That goes totally against what, um, modern businesses tell us. And that is, you don't know what you want. I know what you it's, want. It's not just businesses. That's also the news media that's, as well, is that you don't know what you want. My political ideology tells you what you want. That's well, a I mean, thing like... Politics now. You can't even listen to a damn game review without getting into somebody's political ideologies. Yep. And, and that's why we try to avoid them. Is, uh, <laughs> yes, they've had a lot of success due to lack of available competition, but they've also had a lot of continued success of being surprisingly pro-consumer, even though a lot of people mistake them for not being that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's one of the things I, that, that was I, before that was before the epic, you know, narrative, you know, trying to uh, shit talk them and, you know, color them in a different light. There was a lot of people that were, you know, misinformed and thinking like steam's a monopoly. They're contr- trying to control of that. They're not trying to do anything. Mm-hmm. They're just doing a good job and people like right. what they're doing. A, a lot of it's people. Like, sc- it's uh, like Google. Google isn't a monopoly. Not in the sense that there aren't competitors to Google. It's just uh, Google well, does it better than a lot of people. I, the thing is, the thing is, is that uh, so 
Google is a little bit trickier because they are they've uh, they've kind of uh, kept things. Uh, I, I I'm not entirely certain of all of the good and or bad that Google potentially does. Well, I'm, so. I'm, I'm not saying Google is good or bad, but I'm saying in the same sense that Steam isn't a monopoly, neither is Google. Google has competitors. Google wasn't the first to do the search engine. I'm specifically uh, here's here's yeah. It, I want to I want to give you Google a contrast did a better to job that than though. everyone else. Let me give you a contrast to that, Kev, though. Um, are you going to refuse to buy from Humble Bundle just because Steam is the one you're familiar with? No, I love Humble Bundle. Exactly. Now, well, the, the thing, the thing is, the if, if you're not sure about a game, are you going to fucking bing it? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's really I the only games. fucking competitor for... Google out there, except yeah, for yeah, uh, like secure Yahoo searches. All those other ones, oh, sure, they still exist, but n nobody fucking uses that shit anymore. And the but, only, re it, the only reason anybody uses alternative search engines, if it's baked into a browser or some service they yeah. use, or it gets subrepticiously, uh, you know, transferred onto their system by something that they install. Otherwise, people lean on Google, and that's pe mostly because all they know. And Google what? is a pretty damn good search engine, but, but they're but, also but, but, not but, but, trying to promote competition in any way shape or form they're yeah. trying to shut it down but but but, but 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 you're making my point for me Zyphon. they made google made a better service that's the only point like, i was making now yeah google's is, google, competitive where steam is and i'm not saying it's a perfect one-to-one -one. i'm just saying google, google made a great like product steam, and everybody else has shown product. many examples of promoting competition like humble bundle where they support humble bundles in ways that is financially not good for them Whereas yeah. Google does not do shit like that. Yeah, the thing the thing I didn't is, say it was perfect. Oh no, I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just pointing of, out the contrast between the two. Yeah, I, I'm 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 jury's still out on on Google. Like they had that mantra of do do no evil thing, but I mean I've seen some hit or miss stories on them. So I'm I, not gonna. I, I, you guys made it way deeper than I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Google made a machine right now. They once they hit that too big to fail mark. I consider them not trustworthy as far as yeah. like helping out the people. Yeah, they're they, not in all, favor of the people; they're in favor of the dollar. But all I was saying was is that the Google, the search engine itself, was a superior product. It wasn't the first search engine. It and it became the best, most known it, over time. Well, here here's the thing: the reason why Google is the best search engine available right now is because we don't really have a market that allows competitors to really uh, grow in that market. And I don't want to get too deep into that part, but a lot of it is just simply because you can't get competition. If you're not a tech giant like Microsoft, who fo has to force, they have to pull an, ep Microsoft has to pull an Epic Games and try to force people to use Bing in order to people do it. And all that is done is piss people off. Um, that's why people like hate it. It's actually a better search engine. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's it's horrible. Um, but the thing the, the thing is, is that I don't want to get too deep into that, but it's not really a market that promotes a lot of competition. So we have no idea if Google's the best search engine out there. Um, you that it's just the best of what we know, and that's that's yes. not necessarily that's the same thing. Anyway, let's that, let's it, rein it in, in here. In let's England. let's let's get it back to the story uh -huh. here. <laughs> I, I, I won't get back to my point because y'all took my point and just threw it off to the side. What I was saying is Google came along and made a better product before Bing was in the picture. 
Yeah. I'm talking about, we're talking about like Lycos and Metacrawler and Yahoo and like five, ten other search engines that I can't think about. Yeah. Google King Long made better product. And that's what I was saying. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but to get on to the story on here, um, you know, on this, the, the discussion of, of Epic on there, we've been we've been discussing a lot of uh, of Epic's uh, buying um, to exclude Steam from competition on there. One of the the narrative spins that Tim Sweeney has been trying to push uh, on this front is that, uh, you know, the reason why they don't have reviews on uh, on Epic Game Store is because uh, users like to review bomb games, you know, which, of course, the reason why they do that is because it's one of the few tools as a consumer they have to tell a, 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 a developer and publisher that they don't like what the fuck they're doing because the company doesn't listen to them otherwise. Mm-hmm. That said, what's kind of funny is whenever this gets completely contradicted uh, against Tim Sweeney's narrative on review bombing, when the people that pre-ordered <laughs> Metro Exodus are review well reverse review bombing uh, Metro Exodus on Steam, they're bombing it with a bunch of positive reviews, but they're like backhanded compliments because the best part they're they're like like when you see some of these, it's like. Uh, uh like recommended 26 hours on record i truly hope epic game store fails <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> like they're, not, they're like the, the positive reviews bunch of positive reviews for the game it's rated overall as very positive and <laughs> half the reviews are fuck epic game store <laughs> well someone did assy art of middle fingers yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> and I, I, pr- I approve like, that. If you are making that much effort into these reviews, that says something. Yeah. I mean, people make that effort into reviews all the time, but yeah, it it says a lot that they're just coming out and just basically saying "fuck Epic," even even through their Steam reviews. Like, but the game is good. Don't blame the game. Yeah. Yeah, and that's goddamn. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is that you know, like uh, uh, essentially, Epic claims that they're going eventually going to add. Going back to my Anthem thing, by the way, don't buy a game based upon the promise of what that game might be in six months. Same thing with the Epic Game Store; they claim that they're going to eventually add in some kind of review system. Uh, except, of course, it's going to be opt-in by developers. In other words, and by everybody default. Everybody knows how well that works out with No Man's Lie. Yeah, it's like, of course, they're not going to, if they are given a choice, they are not going to put in reviews because then that blinds the consumers to making an informed purchase. Why would they? Yeah, I mean, you know, or they'll just go to IGN and look first, but people aren't going to do that because they just, they're just, um, I can't think of the word where they just, they just go and do, they're impulsive. They just go and yep. do things. Yep, and then they justified afterwards. What what oftentimes people do? Damage control. Well, it could be both. I mean, depends. But what a lot a lot of people do, and this has been psychologically proven over and over again, is that people most often buy first, then justify the purchase. And when I say justify, I don't necessarily mean uh, like negatively. Like it wasn't what they wanted, and then they have to go and and justify it afterwards. No, I just mean like as in. 
they don't often know, don't often have a need for the product they're buying. They have to invent one after they buy it. Like, yep. yeah. you know, like, uh, oh, I see a, a, a Bluetooth speaker at Walmart at the uh, checkout line. And I just buy it, just throw it on thing, buy it, whatever. And then afterwards, I'm like, yeah, I totally needed this for um, this trip I'm going on. And then you try to, like, force situations where you have to use that Bluetooth speaker, even <laughs> though you have no reason for it. That's the kind of mentality I'm talking about when I say justifying the purchase, is that you don't actually buy it with any intention of actually wanting the product. You just buy it impulsively and then come up with reasons after the fact why you needed to buy it uh Kev, and that's we might be talking about razor just just, just <laughs> <laughs> no the, the thing is is that uh with in in the case of epic on there by have having blinded um reviews on there just like on origin just like on you play just like on the blizzard app um, not having those reviews up there, that increases the odds that someone will make an impulsive purchase and then, you know, try to justify it after the fact. Uh, especially since a lot of the review policies for a lot of these stores are absolute garbage. Um, and, and that includes fucking Steam, by the way. I'm not going to say that yeah. Steam has a good re uh, return policy. Theirs is just a shit. Um, the only, about the only one that has a, a pretty good one is GOG. Um, <laughs> Like, Gogs is a little too good, let's be honest. Like, the yeah, thing like, days, no questions well, asked on the non DRM. We're not going to verify that you actually uninstalled the product. Well, the, exactly. see, see here, I, I, that part's a little weird to me, but I mean, they, it's not like they can have a really a, a method of, of checking to see they, if you uninstalled it without exactly a DRM, DRM free policy. They can't enforce it, they just go on good faith, no. which they offer in return. Yeah. And that's the thing is that they, they trust the consumer enough to not be shady, which I'm assuming there's people out there that are scummy individuals that have taken advantage of that generosity. But mm -hmm. the truth is, is that I'd imagine the majority of people that have actually gotten a return on a game probably have uninstalled the game because they legitimately don't want it. And that's that's the thing is that it, you go to a store. If I buy uh, a, something from a store or whatever, like uh you know, I buy a table from a store, get it home, and the, the, it sits crooked or I don't like the way it looks or whatever. I can take it back to the store two weeks later and say, hey, I bought this table, got it set up. You know, here's my receipt for it. I just mm. want to return it. And guess what? The, the store will do one of two things, depending on if they're Best Buy or not. They'll either give you, <laughs> they'll either give you your money back or they'll give you in-store credit. I think we know which one Best Buy is there. Um, now, if it was GameStop, of course, they would not they give, give you, you a nickel. They give you uh, a dollar back um, and say, yeah, well, you know, we can give you a dollar for that game that you just bought at $60 literally five minutes ago and then came back in here and said you wanted a refund. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People wonder why GameSpot's going out of business. Um, <laughs> GameStop can't um, trade themselves in, and it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they tried. They tried to go to the stock exchange and and say, "Hey, can people invest in our company?" And someone was they, like, they "Offer them three dollars. I'll give you three dollars. percent discount. I'll give you three dollars and some in store credit." Um, but no, the, that's that's my thing. Is that ref, ref, refund policies are garbage. So having that blinded review policy to me really is is the worst part of it because you go uh, you go to a game 
on Steam and you see mostly negative, that red, mostly negative, you're not going to go in there and be like, yeah, I'm going to buy that game. No, that that's an instant like, oh, I'm, I'm that's, skipping that's this. Huh? That's a do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Most people see that mostly negative flag or just like any sort of negative. They're... Hell, if they see mixed, they see mixed, and they're they're moving on. They want to see, and it's positive. Even sometimes doesn't even get enough on there. Although that's gonna get more sales than anything. They want to see very. They want to see overwhelmingly positive mm-hmm. games see, like in order to, see to buy what them. The reviews are because a lot of times I see people's opinions converse to mine, or I, I look at a product from a very specific point. So I want a review on what that particular capability is. And yeah. if I just see mostly negative, mostly positive, they can be looking at something that I give, don't give two flying fucks about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want, I, and I will dig through the reviews to find one that is detailed enough to hit that mm-hmm. point, whether it's mm-hmm. good or bad, what I, you know, that feature that I am actually intending. Now, some, t- some products is the overall thing, and you know, overall reviews do make more of a difference, but a lot of times I'm, I'm nitpicking. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm like too. And that's the thing like if you research this shit and aren't a normal consumer, that does that mostly negative that mix doesn't scare you away. I mean, I've bought some mostly negative games and absolutely loved Hmm. There's there's been in a lot of times usually in my case of if I see like something's mixed or or mostly negative or whatever oftentimes i might out of curiosity because i'm not usually buying them but i might go and look at why and there might be a couple of instances like you know as mentioned um where you go in and you look at the reviews and the mostly the mixed status comes from reviews when the game first launched and it was absolute garbage and now it's a year later and they fixed all of those and all of the recent reviews are positive Right, that's why, like, when they have the recent versus old. Yeah, which I spend more time looking at recent, unless I see it's like now. Now it's mostly negative, but before it was mixed or it was really positive overall. I'm like, okay, they probably got an update that broke the game, or an update that ultimately fixed a broken game. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, and that that also goes to toward the idea of sometimes you just have to try it yourself. For me, the refund policy is more important than anything else. Because yeah. I want to test the product and see how I feel about it. Because I, because like you were saying, I think you're really picking about things. So am I. I've seen games. I'm using State of Decay two as an example. I love both State of Decay games. I think they're fun. I think they're great games. Lots of fun. People trash trash State of Decay two because it came out buggy as shit. Okay, it was a thirty dollar title. Um, obviously, it didn't get the um, TLC it, it needed. I'm pretty sure a year later. I haven't played in a little while, but I'm pretty sure. Bugs well, when it comes to resolved. software, the you know something that is very easy solution to that is the demo mode. The the demo, uh, you know, uh, like back, uh, you know, back in the day, where it, demos came on disc. Yeah, I remember. Get I those demo discs on my PlayStation, my original PlayStation. I remember the PlayStation demo packs. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, I love the fuck mm-hmm. out of those. And sometimes, yep. like, I wasn't able to afford the game, so I'd overplay the demo of like this sucks. Mm-hmm. There's yep. like I only got five minutes of gameplay here. I really want the game, but I ain't got the money for it. So I'm just gonna keep yeah. playing this demo. I'm a broke kid, so I just play the demo disc. And this is the reason why they don't do demo discs anymore because they realize mm-hmm. that there are people that do that. They just want a quick taste. But that's the thing is they're not losing money on that because the, you know like I couldn't afford the shit at all. 
Yeah, so whether right, or not but, but, that they but, had the demo desk, but you have to look at it from their perspective. Had the money, it's not that you're losing money; it's that they're not gaining money. You have to look at it about their perspective. It's but not about loss. Thing, it's about like, what do I get? Was... What do I get if I do this? If I can leave people in the dark, this is why I say kind of like early access isn't even very important because people are pre-ordering games regardless. They're pre-ordering off the trailers. So um, yeah, PlayStation. If, yeah, uh, there's no, a. I'm, 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 yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to say, like, in PlayStation, there's at least a half a dozen games in which I purchased the game only because I got a chance to play it first. Yep. Right. It's a demo right. or borrowed from somebody else. Right. But what I'm seeing, you have a lot more self-control than a lot of other people do as well. That's kind of the point I'm making. The average consumer, they're buying it off of trailers. They're buying it off of, you know, IGN said it, said it was amazing, no matter how ignorant the rest of us say IGN is. They're just like, this looks cool. I have the money for it. I'm going to buy it. You know, and most people mm-hmm. aren't necessarily buying the game. Um, well, I guess a lot of people are pre-ordering and buying games you know, when that launch window, two weeks, whenever payday hits. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully the bugs are fixed or, you know, average Joe that's not following gaming news doesn't know, hey, the game is shit until after they get it. And then we have that we have that where we're going to justify our purchases. I, I paid $60 for this motherfucker. I can't return. I'm going to play it like it's dope anyway. Yeah, yeah there's one, one mistake and, I made. And, and on, that's uh, the majority of Anthem players right now. There was a game I bought game, based right off now. of a trailer. There was a game I bought based off of a trailer. Which I, uh, Now, a trailer can make me interested, but it sure as fuck won't get my game off of a trailer ever again. And I shouldn't have done it to begin with, but I, I didn't think any better of it. And more, I don't know, you didn't buy the game, but you might have been willing to just because of how like impressive the trailer was deus ex machina or uh, deus ex, uh man- mankind divided yep oh yeah what well, yeah. one of those deus ex games um but like the trailer was just so fucking emotionally impressive and i i had means motive and opportunity i bought the fucking game and was slightly disappointed by how it played out yeah you know mankind the trailer divided made it look was... a lot better than I, I don't i think mankind divided was a newer one yeah, well, like, that, that's the, that, the yeah, one. it is mankind the divided. That's the newest. And- Human revolution is largely regarded Human revolution. As a, that's the that, one. That's the one that's generally regarded as a a pretty good game. Uh, mankind divided is, is the game. one that's it is, it's not a bad game in any way. Sh- or not was well, it has some bad point, points to it, but it was a good game. It was a good game to play. It was not what the trailer made it seem like to be. That's mm-hmm. the issue that I had with it. And, you know, it was a lot more. What? Sounds like Halo 5. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but the trailer made a lot more impression of, like, this is going to be an epic game, not an epic game. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was it was a good game. It was not a great game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, th- the, the thing is, is that there's been a lot of games that have some pretty damn good trailers behind them in some way, shape, or form really creative and well done like uh uh no no yeah i was gonna say the anthem trailer's nice but no 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 i'm thinking i'm thinking some of the the highlights on there i think it was a gears of war two or three that had that one uh the uh with the uh god damn what's the name of that song um the the one from donnie darko um the uh you know the mm. all around the world. I see familiar faces, worn out places. Oh that, yeah, that like one. that that trailer. When I saw that, I was like, "Damn, whoo!" I got misty. I got misty watching that, and that was like, you know, just Gears of War. And I was like, "But that's a fucking good trailer. That's damn." Um, that and that can't 
Mad World. That's the one. Yes, Mad World. Um, and that was actually a really, really well done trailer, like, and really emotional, which, it, and it kind of hit in an aspect that a lot of people don't think of when they think of Gears of War. Like, you know, it's a pretty fucking uh, depressing <laughs> world that they're in. Um, yeah, but like, I get to shoot, you know, hordes of, you know, yeah. shit on blood yeah. carnage like they're in a like fucked life <laughs> yeah yeah but uh the the other aspect of that is uh you know you also have ones that that do a, a slightly more lighthearted thing like i'm all about the outer worlds right now a lot of people know that already um i'm, I'm kind of i'm a, i'm not hyped i'm very interested in what that game's like the developing news around that game because <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it it's definitely like a first of all Obsidian, they're 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 one of my one of my bros right up there like, uh, Pillars of Eternity one and two like Kotor two like I'm I'm going mm -hmm. back like I've I've been a fan of Obsidian for for we, quite we a long stop, time. We can't talk about Obsidian without talking about New Vegas. Yeah, oh, New Vegas. No, New Vegas game. too. Yeah, New Vegas, KOTOR 2. Like, I made the joke the that Obsidian, Obsidian pretty much takes game, like, properties but from other people and makes them better. <laughs> like, I will say, it, the one exception, I will say, I play both of the South Park games, the recent ones. The Stick of Truth is amazing. Mm -hmm. The Fractured Butthole, I think, is a little bit better. Well, and that's good, though. And, and the, the, fra yeah, the Fractured yeah, yeah. Butthole is actually the... The sequel, the so it should one. it should improve upon what the original yeah, one did. It, it surprised me because Ubisoft actually, I believe it was that just took over the whole production of the game. Yeah, where the original one was to, Obsidian. To and be fair, Ubi, great. Ubisoft gets a lot of shit because of their uh, monetization practices, which, to be honest with you, are pretty pretty fucking garbage. DRM. It's their I'm, DRM. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm more annoyed by their DRM. The, their DRM and their 26 different launch versions and their uh, microtransactions in uh, in paid games, etc. Triple A shit. And and, and and every and every game is basically Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, but the thing is, is that for the most part, their production quality is pretty solid for a lot of their games. I'll, I'll give them credit for that. You play Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Assassin's Creed Origin, you play Watch Dogs 2, you play Wildlands. For the most part, they feel like pretty enjoyable, if mindless, games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm uh, to be fair i couldn't get too deep into watchdogs too because i got bored because i was like i just got done playing wildlands this is the same thing over again. it's not oh, i, I, don't, yeah, I don't think but... it makes a difference like i played um i loved the original watchdog i i can't oh the downgrade the downgrade what do you mean Oh, the you don't, downgraded original one you don't you don't remember the watchdogs like the what they showed See, at the e3 the trailer trailers yeah. So by the time I actually saw the E3 footage uh, the, the, for the original, the model's out for the for the E3 footage. So I just modded it. Yep. But <laughs> but no, the thing is, is that uh, I, I give them credit there. They actually put out pretty solid, nothing spectacular, but they're pretty solid games. Uh, so if they took over production of of something like you know South Park, I, I mean I don't see it as being like it's not going to be like EA taking over production. Or Activision taking right. over production. <laughs> well, see, and I've, and I've, I've said that. this for years, and I, I actually used to feel this way, not so much anymore. Of the big three, EA has my favorite property. They used to make my favorite games. Not a lot of them, they just have my favorite IPs. Like Dragon Age, like Mass Effect, uh, Titanfall. 
And and you mm. know what? And you know what? They're gonna fucking take that shit and use it against you. Cause we all know that fucking Dragon Age 4 is gonna be a goddamn live service game with microtransactions. I'm calling it now. Oh, it is, it is. <sighs> I think they've already confirmed that. Did they really? Yeah. How why am I not surprised? Um, because I, the thing I, is, I is that, hope that they learn from Inquisition. No, they they, they won't. They're they're going they, to go. Well, they're going to go a step farther down the fucking rabbit hole because you got to realize Bioware today is not the Bioware of previous to two thousand nine. Almost all of the right. creative minds that brought us Knights of the Old Republic, Jade Empire, Baldur's Gate, the original Mass Effect, the original Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. Almost all those people are gone. Right, I agree with you, but that, that's, yeah. that's not the point I'm making. That wasn't yeah. the point I'm making. What I'm saying is my beef with Dragon Age Inquisition, besides it being the PSA and transgender people, that was annoying. Yeah. Um, was the the way they forced that open world into there, and I don't think they do that well. They don't. When you mm-hmm. got to when when you got to the DLC and they, for Dragon Age Inquisition, and they, and they, it and seems they sh- like they realized where they fucked up, and, and, and they railed the yeah. basics. And the DLC for Inquisition is exquisite. Yeah, and Trespasser, well, the the Descent yeah. and Trespasser specifically are the two, in my opinion, best stories told in that game. Because mm-hmm. guess what? It's on the on rails essentially, not mm-hmm. really on rails, but you are you're corridored in. You are you have one linear path from beginning to end on those, and, and I think that's what Bioware does so well. Exactly, and I, I wanted to be more like Trespasser. Like if you can make um, Dragon Age Four like more like Trespasser, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be a very happy camper. But like, I'm not pre-ordering Dragon Age Four. Oh hell no! I'm not pre-ordering no, don't, do, anything. don't do it. Don't don't pre-order. Uh, no. The thing is, the the don't problem I have is that as, as Andromeda proved, though, that one came out after Inquisition. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is it went, it was worse because not only did they not have a trespasser to course correct, but it's pretty much they, they forced the open world to the detriment of everything else because open world. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I made this comment. I, I wrote a, I think like a Tumblr blog post like in 2016 previous day andromeda coming out talking about how uh open worlds are af- often the times uh come as a an enemy of like cohesive like narrative storytelling right whereas mm-hmm. um you know you have the peregrination uh style of storytelling kind of like uh, dark souls or kind of like elder scrolls which lend themselves well to open worlds where the the storytelling is more of a discovery aspect. You're wandering around and the story is just you experiencing the world. Um, while Elder Scrolls have a narrative of sorts, there's no... Let's be honest, people don't play it for the narratives. The narrative is <laughs> right. like 50% more that yeah. you have to discover by exploring the world. Yeah, Right, I think, I think yeah. Fallout is actually a better example of that than Elder Scrolls. Yeah, because Fallout, Fallout mm. literally uh, fall is about the world that you're in. Well, I that's mean, why I always talk about like the most interesting part about a Fallout game is the location. Well, no, I mean, like the thing is, is I think that it's it's a kind of Bethesda, Bethesda game studios kind of signature style. In from my viewpoint, is that and you notice that Elder Scrolls games uh, now Oblivion aside, and to be honest with you, Oblivion had probably the the best uh narrative in my opinion uh of the elder scrolls games um but 
they tend to be more about the region in which you are located uh, in the recent games. I should say uh, Elder Scrolls 2 and forward. It was there was more of a focus put on the region you were in as opposed to the narrative that was occurring. Like there's always a setup, you know, there's always some kind of thing. But hell, you start out Morrowind, there's no real impetus for any kind of overarching narrative. It's just kind of like, in fact, the, your main quest contact at one point in time tells you to get the fuck off the main quest and go just do explore a bit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which is one of the things I thought yeah. was great. I got lost and never completed the main quest for a while because of that. <laughs> yeah, Just but the, the thing is, is that... I knew every nook and cranny of this place. Oh yeah, there's some kind of demigod that I have to kill. I'll get around to that. Well, no, the thing is, is that <laughs> at that point in time, there was no kind of inkling that there was any urgency or any important event happening it was just kind of yeah, like hey hey we're, we're we want to set up here we want you to do be a courier essentially we want you to uh, contact some people and blah 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 do this and that there was no real like you had no knowledge that you were anything special well except for the the opening intro of you know uh, an uncertain person being an uncertain sign whatever the fuck it was the point is is that that lends to an open world very well when there's no urgency you can just casually kind of you know wander around peregrination as i call it just the the mm -hmm. kind of me the meandering exploration storytelling which elder scrolls does pretty well i mm -hmm. i think skyrim was the weakest example of that because i you know whatever but the point is is that that's the a good way to do open world storytelling. Uh, there's a similar way in which Dark Souls does it as well, where it's there's no real specific story you're following. It's just kind of like you're wandering around and doing stuff. Whereas Elder or uh, whereas Bioware, they're very much into this cinematic, narrative-driven, strong emotional uh, like like uh, uh, cutscenes and that sort of thing, and, and really in-depth dialogue. And it's like, no, we're going to do open world. Like, but that's going to dilute your experience. You know, right. Like, yeah. like you have to understand what you're good at. Now, if, what if I would love to do a do, strong linear narrative, put throwing that into an open world. Yeah. That just kind of fucks it over. Right. Now, now I understand, you know, they might not want to do the hubs. They all that, but mm. do something like, uh, I think God of war got it right with the, with the way God of war did its level design. Or the more or the more recent Tomb Raider games also get it right, where it's especially Tomb Raider 2013. It's not a linear. It's not an open world. It's a very linear world, but it feels very open. You can backtrack to everywhere and anywhere you want to go, um, mm -hmm. and everything. Everything is pretty much open, at, um, or you get the skills to eventually get to that area. And I mm -hmm. think Bioware, if they could figure out a way to make that kind of level design work. I think yeah. that would be good for them going forward. That way you're not still dealing... You, you're getting away from the hub hub areas, which it sounds like they want to get away from, but you're not going full-on open world. Well, the you know, the thing is, is, you know, one of the things I think is a, a great compromise between open world, but also still having... Uh, a, allowing for their kind of... Uh, um, their better, stronger narrative design. Honestly, SOTOR seems like it's a pretty good compromise because they have pretty big open worlds because it's an mmo like each planet yeah. is a pretty big map um and yeah there's a lot of fetch quests because it's an mmo but overall the actual narrative design that you're doing in those games is actually still pretty compelling 
like the storytelling in in the at least the initial character arcs the first segment of the game you go through with a with a character not talking about the post-launch stories where all of the classes got pretty much thrown together into one storyline i'm more or less going on the initial class stories um that is actually some of the best storytelling in in a lot of recent games that uh that bioware has done like if you compare it to andromeda to anthem to uh, uh to inquisition it's pretty strong like I, I would say that it's behind uh trespasser but it's in front mm-hmm. of base inquisition it's in front of the entirety of andromeda and miles in front of fucking anthem and that's, is it really hard to be ahead of anthem or andromeda? like well not andromeda, really andromeda, andromeda had an amazing premise that they just didn't execute well it's yeah, yeah. i just don't give a damn about what's going on in anthem like yeah well anthem that's generally the whole game is that you just you have no emotional connection to that game at all and i think that's really what kind of hurts it at the same time i i'm not a big fan of a lot of the early game in warframe but for fuck's sake at least warframe gives you some kind of an emotional connection when it gives you this kind of villainy bad guy right off the bat that you can be like oh he's trying to hurt me like at least you get some kind of emotional impetus there um that, mm-hmm. that anthem never really gives you it's like oh you guys were once war heroes and now you've fallen from grace it's like okay i just want to drink beer and, and and sit on my ass all day then because that's you know yeah. i'm depressed like, I, yeah. Like, yeah, I was literally like just <laughs> shut up and let me fly my iron man suit exactly it's like all the story <laughs> shut up and let me be iron man like a billionaire <laughs> playboy philanthropist you know, let me be that. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the, right. And with Bioware, that that's not their strong suit. Like, and then if you're going to do that, you better nail it. And I don't feel mm-hmm. like they nailed it. I, to- I don't know if I was the only one thinking of this. You climb into, you, you get into those javelins, and you see that point of view of the yellowed padding in there. And I'm wondering, that was rock paper sock lost? shotgun made mention <laughs> of the. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Somebody did yeah. think of that. The hygienic hey, aspect paper, of yeah, it. That, yeah, that was the video I shared. Rock paper shotgun tore them a new one, but the review was hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I thought of that I before, but like, I never really thought to say anything about it until <laughs> they yep. made a point of that. Like, oh yeah. I, can can we just give a, just a shout out to Rock Paper Shotgun? Because like, I don't know of very many PC games publications, and then on top of that, to be an actual good one. Rock, mm-hmm. paper, shotgun is actually really good, and they don't get nearly enough credit, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. They they definitely are do do a better job than a lot of them out there. But to rein it in, uh, as we kind of meandered along on on uh, talking about <laughs> random <laughs> rabbit holes, um, let's let's quickly kind of dive into our last story on here, uh, and this one is fascinating to me. <laughs> and I I feel like uh, as our 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 resident um, material grinding uh expert here um i'm gonna let rose talk about this one a bit more of the fallout 76 player that was banned for having too many materials for too so, much ammo. <laughs> the story goes that one of the few fallout 76 players that has put any time in the game something about 900 hours Basically, no lifing this game. 
collected hundreds of thousands of ammunition, puts it everywhere that he can so new players can, you know, get some nice free ammo. Has been banned because his inventory was too cool and they think that he was using some exploit that was allowing him to get vast amounts of ammo. Now, <sighs> now what's funny there is he was able to prove also that he was not using vast amounts or using any glitch to get these vast amount of ammo. He was just but trading the, between his multiple characters. Well, the, and to be fair, what he suspects, the, the reason why he suspects he got reported on it is because he had a, a second account. I don't know if he was necessarily just giving away ammo to new players. Uh, what it was is he had an alt account that was a level two character. Like his main is like, I don't know, something like a level 300 or something like crazy. Yeah. High. Um, and he had an alt account that was level two, like, you know, super newbie. And he had was putting stuff in a drop to put it out there. Um, and uh, whenever he did that, he other people seeing a level two character pick up stuff dropped from a super high, crazy high level one. They might think it's suspicious, right? Uh, they might think that it's something you know untowards going on and report it to Bethesda. Bethesda looks at the account, sees he's got hundreds of thousands of ammo on there. And he's like, oh, this is a duper, ban him. And I think that the the main problem on there is that uh, um, he just generally like I don't think they have a good way of detecting the people that are exploiting um, mm -mm. or or in that case, we may not have all of the information on here. I do know that uh, the main key on there um, is that he was using the bandolier perk card, which reduces ammo weight by 90 percent in that. Yeah. And after getting that he went on like a rampage of trying to get all of the ammo he possibly could. And that's really uh, uh, kind of what made the difference for it there. Um, yeah. So in general, though, I think that, uh, again, a lot of this comes down to he said, she said stuff. We don't know what Bethesda sees on here because, of course, transparency. Why would we do that? Uh, I, I guess my main question on there is that what do you guys think that it's literally that they just looked at his ammo counts and said, Oh, you've got too much ammo. We got to ban you. Cause you're obviously duping. I think they did jump to some conclusions. I don't think that they really looked that deep into it because it's kind of obvious you're level two. Seems like an easy layup level two. You have thousands of ammo. I'm think I'm like a level 10 in 76. And I still feel like I'm like searching for ammo, like I was playing Resident Evil. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I, I get it. I get it from Bethesda's point of view. But what happened to due diligence? Yeah, that right. is a big problem right there. The so used to, what, what I remember was that the flag system, you flag a player. They're not like, say, if you personally see something that somebody might might be doing, you flag it so that it can be researched so somebody can look mm -hmm. into it can evaluate and say hey is this person hacking into this game or is it just a bug are they actually capitalizing on a known glitch in a you know a, a way instead of trying to report the glitch so on and so forth depending on if it actually violates the the um toss or not yeah now i mean i mean but at the same time too think about the world we live in we're all guilty until proven innocent anyway yeah, and that's that's what yeah. lapasulia in chat said is the guilty until proven innocent yeah. and I, I i think a lot of times that's 
And, and unfortunately, this is a PR disaster. Someone that dropped 900 mm -hmm. hours into the game is obviously a major uh, protractor of the game. They're going to be your type that is going to be uh, promoting the game to everybody they talk to, right? Those yeah. are like, oh, Fallout 76 is amazing. This is a game you got to play. That's one of your biggest forms of fucking advertisement is that, that you know, like that word, of word, mouth. Of mouth. Word, word of mouth advertising. And this guy is one of the ones that's going to be broadcasting that shit. And you just pretty much kick him in his ass out the game because uh, he plays the game too much. <laughs> like mm -hmm. <laughs> nine hours a day. Like that's yeah. For fuck's sake, nine hundred hours. Turn the console off right now. You've been playing too long. Not nine hundred hours in a couple of months, dude's been cranking through that game. Like that's shit. Insane. I have I have a thousand hours in Dragon Age Inquisition, and I played that a lot. I have thirteen hundred hours in Warframe. I've played that a lot. I know Zyphon's mm -hmm. got more in Warframe. But, but uh, that's over four years. I've got to th throw for 3,000 hours over four years, not two months. Exactly. I mean, shit. Two yeah, fucking months. Exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> and that's and that's really, really where I'm at is I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. That's a lot of hours for a couple of months. And when when Rose said no life in it. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's no life. I it. mean, I did that shin Eve online. I was to the point where I was producing super capital ships at the end oh, of shit. I think it was six months. I was actually getting contracts for that shit and I would mine with ten characters, which is allowed, just well, to fill these for, contracts. For and I was spending money is not a game you play casually. No, it really isn't. <laughs> you can't the play. The game I don't play casually, Total War, and it doesn't require that grind. <laughs> yeah, well, like they don't tell you you don't play Eve casually. Yeah, no, no you really don't. That's usually the game I play when I'm in between jobs or just have nothing to do in my life, anyways. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot. I mean, MMOs in general tend to lend themselves well to those kind of uh, like no life scenarios. Uh, another one I know a lot of, I, I remember people like literally as I was talking to Rose, like even in Warframe, you get people that, that grind oh, yeah. prime parts, grind mod, uh, mod cards and that sort of thing. And then they literally have a storefront that they just sit in all day. They're selling making game living off of that. And despite the hours I put into the game, that is not something I've ever cared to do. It, it takes a certain, yeah. there's a certain mentality, <laughs> as I call it, the vendor personality, um, that you find them in every MMO game. They're the ones that are crafting shit or just grinding mm -hmm. stuff just to resell it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <they're... laughs> at least she admits it. Ma Major's done some of that in Warframe. I know that. Like he he sold some big ticket items that he's grinded out to get a hold of. Oh yeah, the Destiny that's the... won't let us do it. Yeah, and that's and that's the major thing is that yeah, like Major Major kind of re <laughs> relied on uh, on those big ticket items, um, and that's <laughs> that's its thing. Um, to to Mythic over on Mixer. Thanks a lot for the compliment, man. We will keep up the good work. Um, in any case, uh, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is if you are, uh, you really, uh, really should keep an eye on this. Now, to be fair, from what I remember when I saw this on Reddit, um, a Bethesda, uh, community, uh, manager did respond to it, uh, respond to the person, um, and said, Hey, send us a ticket and then send me the ticket number afterwards. Cause you know, we want to take a look at this. 
the problem is, is that damage damage is done. I mean, hell, yeah. with with Fallout well, 76, the, the damage is already to done. Mitigate the damage. They're trying to control the damage, uh, and it's too late. The damage is done. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hold to be fair, it's, to be fair, it's Fallout 76. The damage was done the day it released. Released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the damage was done the day the day they re- they revealed it was a multiplayer game. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, the minute they said, "Oh, it's Fallout multiplayer," oh, the, it's PvP, oh, it's survival. Oh, fuck this game. Fallout seventy six is a game where the house is on fire and they're only trying to put out the fire with fire extinguishers. Fire extinguishers? You're being generous. They're out there with gasoline. (laughs) They're out there with the the little gasoline for the barbecue. Throw it in the fire. Why won't it go out? I, I, yeah. Okay, maybe, I, yeah. I, I heard that if you throw oil on fire, it will put the fire out. <laughs> no, no, he's nothing with the lighter fluid. Mom, please, Hold please on. stop Wait. burning. No, <laughs> it's a grease <laughs> fire, and they're putting it out with water. Yeah, there we they're go. Putting it out with, they're putting it out with vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Never it's clear. Yeah, the, the, oh. the, the thing is, though, is that, yeah, yeah, Zyph and I have some stories about Everclear, but. <laughs> 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 Do I want to know? That, so does my you know fiance. It require a hospital trip when they get caught on fire. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Hear these stories. When there is three different flammability warnings on your drink of choice, you might want to choose differently. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is I can confirm that is one hundred percent true. You really should rethink your life. That is I mean, drink you're, you're surgery with. <laughs> That that's a drink whenever you want to sterilize the person, but then also sterilize your brain cells so you can not so you can kill the person without any regret. So so the question is, Mort, how many shots did you take? One was enough. The, the, thing, the thing is, is, Everclear was not the worst night I've had. I tell you what, Everclear has nothing on Rakia. But that's Anytime a, a Croatian person comes up to you and says, here, you drink this. My grandfather made this. Never do that. Never, ever fucking do this. <laughs> mixed chemicals. Everclear has that purity behind it of, yeah. like, this is straight alcohol, dude. Like, there's 5% of probably water <laughs> yeah. in here. Exactly. Gasoline, but it's 95% alcohol by volume. That's as strong as you get. It's pure. Is, is, is Whereas it you get that random seen? Eastern European stuff, you don't know what the fuck is in there. I mean, I mean, punching is is pretty cocaine, nasty Irish shit. It? But the thing is, is punching the random shit that might be in there is peat moss. Let's be honest. It's fucking peat. That's always what's the the filler shit in there. With Eastern European stuff, it might be nuclear waste. It might be you know like. I don't know, disposed of, uh, like, hospital chemicals? You really never know. Cocaine, heroin, or opium, nuclear waste, yeah, any of that stuff, or a mix of all of them. Yeah, it's... You know how to have a good time. Just drink. Hey, don't pick up my Croatian friends. They just know how to have a good time. Oh, yeah. No, no, and the best thing about it was, of course, at the same time, I'm doing those shots, which, by the way, after the fact, I found out that you're not supposed to take shots of Rukia. That, That said... 
his sister, who was the host of the party, was also making the vodka cranberries that as the night went on, it became less vodka cranberry and more vodka with just a couple drops of cranberry in there. Um, Why waste the cranberries at this point? Yeah, you know, like, let's just drink drink whole cups of... We're running low on cranberries, but we have plenty of vodka. (laughs) Yeah, just just make this entirely vodka. I I think there might have been a tiny splash just for a little color. You know, we're not really trying to dilute it at this point. We know that we're drunk. And uh, yeah, that was a fun night. I I feel like that all of the pores on my face were throwing up just as much as my mouth was because I could feel every pore on my face burning. By the way, if you ever want to know what alcohol poisoning feels like and still be conscious enough to remember it, that is my curse. That's the reason why I don't drink very much anymore. Because <laughs> I don't get the benefit of blacking out like some people do. Anyway, yeah, that's 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 my curse. People are like, oh, I blacked out and some crazy shit happened. You know, like the hangover woke up and there's a fucking tiger in the room. And I'm like, I wish that happened to me so many times. But no, I get to remember. I get to I get to I get to remember all of it in in very vivid detail. And I wake up in the morning like, why did I? Anyway. (laughs) And you know what? All of those regrets, not even on par with the amount of regret that Bethesda has to feel for Fallout 76. That's how you bring the story back around. You think Bethesda regrets Fallout 76? They regret that it's getting bad PR. They don't regret what they did. Oh, no, no, no. They Mm -hmm. regret that it didn't sell well. And it's a regret nonetheless. It's a lot more what regret. They did is they went over, went over to Microsoft and they uh, bought up rights to a specific character, the Prophet Regret. Uh, yeah, that, that was a little bit of a bad joke. I'm going to stay reg- away from that one. I'm regret. Just, I'm, regret. I'm, I'm, just regret. Wait, I'm just waiting for them to come out with the, with the equivalent to horse armor. Maybe they're going to make dog armor. The thing is, the thing is, is that. So here's the thing in context. Horse armor has been normalized in the video game space now. Like, well, yeah, let's, it was in let's, lo- actually, the horse armor is in the loot box. And you what, get in like six different colors. Well, not, not just loot boxes. I mean, direct buy transactions as well. Like cosmetics are are a mainstay in games nowadays. Back then, back in two thousand six, when Oblivion came out, that shit was outrageous. Was it like mm-hmm. three three or five bucks for for a cosmetic? Now you're paying twelve bucks for fucking cosmetic in some cases, mm-hmm. and and nobody fucking and, and bats what, an eye. Well, yeah, I remember two thousand six? We were like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Now we're like, eh, as long as it's cosmetic, I don't mind. Yeah, exactly. It's like as long as it's hor- as long as it's horse armor, it's okay. <laughs> grind 400 hours to unlock darth vader that's what really turned that shit upside <laughs> down that honestly that was the breaking point grind yeah. 400 hours or you know pay uh 400 to get darth vader that that's all it was yeah, yeah. don't and deny the, people they're fucking darth vader the, the thing it's is what happened with battlefront 2 when you tried to deny darth vader yeah, <laughs> the thing is, is that you don't fuck with Darth Vader. That's the that that oh, yeah. is the 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 moral of this podcast. The whole the the story. If you're going to take away everything uh, from all the stories we've talked about, the conversations we've had here, the moral of today's episode is: it's don't fuck with, No, it's don't fuck with Darth Vader. Praise <laughs> Gaben. Kev, Kev is on praise Gaben because he doesn't know. 
he actually doesn't know any other phrases. Um, so we actually write a script. Praise Lisa Sue. We we actually write a script <laughs> for the things for him to say outside of that. If we don't write hey, him a Alex script. <laughs> if, if we don't write him a script on intelligent things to say, he'll just like spout up praise this. this cover for <laughs> this, that's all that's all he has to say outside of that. Damn it. <laughs> we need to be you need to be okay. <laughs> And on that note, we're we're going to cut it over to uh to final thoughts on here. Uh although we're going to skip Kev because um he's already had his final thoughts. Siphon, <laughs> any final thoughts that aren't uh, incoherent praising of corporations? Um, I'm going to have some um, incoherent praising of myself. There you go. <laughs> oh, because that's better. Um, as, as you know, our every other week we do our uh, uh, gaming stream. Next week is going to be Mass Effect Andromeda, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mass yeah. Effect Andromeda, and I will not be posting sure up at yet. least Steam Controller uh, profile for that on my Twitter, if not also DS4. Um, uh, DS4, I may just keep it basic and do a um, uh, X input emulation. Um, but uh, you know, the uh, Steam Controller uh, one will be a little bit more elaborate on that because I've had some fun custom tweaking my controls per usual. So if anybody <laughs> has any interest in that, uh, head over to my Twitter, which I'm going to put here. Yes. Clack, clack, clack. Clack, clack, yeah. clack, clack, clack. And I think uh, it's the, 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 the bot does. Well, no, you typed it wrong, Zyphon. Oh, yeah, I typed it wrong. Tweezy. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Rose, any final wait, thoughts? Wait, wait, I want to pray Sega. They brought Yakuza to PC again. <laughs> Actually, let's do this way. Rose, do you have any um, any thoughts? Like, where's your uh, your Eve storefront so people can come buy stuff from you? It's shut down right now because, <laughs> unfortunately, Horde was. And yes, I was a Hordeling. Um, unfortunately, Horde was experiencing a lot of wars, and I think they've been pushed out of the space. Last I heard. So, hey, watch for uh, Rose's uh, Warframe storefront. And, no, that's that's too much time. That. that is way too much fucking I, I, time. I, I, I don't so have too much time in play Eve. I mean, I've got other MMOs. I'm currently in the middle of exploring and that's what the problem Elite is Dangerous. Is like, I can't deal with a new one. I've already got it, too is many. It, too. Isn't Elite Dangerous the one where people keep trying to explore as far out in the space as possible and then they get stranded because they run out of fuel? Basically, but those yeah. guys are fucking idiots. Um, the, no, to me, they're not in the right ships. No, to me, you know what that makes me like, Zyphon, Correct me if I'm wrong. That whole running out of fuel, getting stranded in space, expanse. That, yes. That, that just that just I don't know why. That's the, when I read that story. I think it was a couple weeks ago. I was like, holy shit! The uh, Elite Dangerous is like the video game version of the Expanse. <laughs> I, I still wanted to get into Elite Dangerous or uh, Inertia in that game. Yeah. Yes, there is. They do have. I don't play with it on, but you can play with it on or off. Um, How do you it's a little bit harder. Like, Keyboard. I, I, I try. I tried. I couldn't do it. Like I'm just all over the place. I felt. I, I felt like. I felt like I was holding like a controller upside down. Like you know when you give the controller to like a little kid. You they can't play down, with the controller. Place. No, no, it I did that. I did. I, did I, tried, I, I bought a flight stick. 
I tried it on mouse and keyboard. I tried it with a controller. Oh. I was I was a lost cause. You need to. I can play MechWarrior online and Sotor with a controller. So yeah. Kev's <laughs> issues. He needs to get good. Yeah. I just yeah. I, I can't fly. I can't I can't fly in games. So I'm sticking I'd to Total say... War. I'm sticking to Total War because I'm having a blast with Total War. That's why Kevin's looking like amazing. Anthem. Yeah. Well, because of Total War. No, because you can't fly. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> but yeah, I've played flight sims for so long; it's second nature to me. So, so my curiosity though is: is it playable though? Uh, outside of Kev's needing to get good, is it playable with a flight stick though? Uh, yes, it I, is very playable. My fiance plays it with a flight stick, actually. See, and that's yeah, that's can- where it's at right there. Uh, Jeremy that's what I've been setting up on a Steam controller to do that with. Yeah, Jeremy, you can do it. I've done a number of space flight games. I've set up like that. The thing is, so that, many times it just doesn't work. I don't know yeah, what I did wrong. The the main thing about Elite Dangerous is that the game has been officially released and it's not looking like vaporware, unlike the other uh, very popular uh, <laughs> never Citizen? never never to be released uh, uh, space sim that that uh, you know is on on the. I mean, Hey, Daisy came out. Yeah, Daisy. So here's the real question though: Is Half Life Three, uh, Black Mesa, or Star Citizen, which is coming out first? Half Life Three, Star Half Life Three will come out first, and it will be exclusive to the Epic Game Store. <laughs> Drop the fucking mic, everybody. We're done. We're done. Yeah. We're done. Buy Total War yeah, Warhammer Two because it's amazing. Right there. <laughs> That's my final thought. Buy Total War Warhammer 2. The game is amazing. I'm it having is, a blast with it. It, it, it is. Of, um, Age of Wonders, the new one that's coming out in the summer, that looks really good. Looks, looks going to be really good, too. The, the, I haven't really been paying attention to it, but I can say that Warhammer 2 is definitely one of the best. Like, one of the one of the things I love about Total War is it's a nice fusion of uh, it has grand strategy and some a uh, little bit of real-time strategy elements kind of fused together when you're on an actual battle map it's more real-time strategy but then on the actual campaign map it's more grand strategy so it's got a kind of nice fusion of the two that i actually Mm -hmm. really enjoy um and one of the things i love about warhammer 2 is how every one of the factions like playing rome 2 i love that game i hell I've, i've been a total war fan for many of their iterations and a lot of them for different reasons um, but the one of the things I love about Warhammer 2 is how different every faction plays. Yes. Like you go from one to the next, you play as the Empire or you play as, as the uh, the undead factions or uh, as the uh, the High Elves or Dark Elves. Every one of them have a very distinct, different kind of gimmick to them that makes them play significantly different. The one I've been recently doing, the most recent campaign I've been doing is finally getting around to the Skaven, uh, which, I mean, was one of the big touted um, factions on launch of Warhammer 2 uh, that was added in there. And I never really got around to it because it just didn't sound interesting to me. And to be fair, it breaks my brain a little bit because whereas a lot of the other factions, especially like High Elves or the Empire or whatever, it's all about organized rank and file soldiers and proper positioning and all that stuff. The Skaven is about fucking chaos and disruption. And it's like, 
it breaks my brain a little bit when I'm on the campaign Mac because I'm like, no, I can't think in a rank and file way. If I try to go toe to toe with those fucking heavy armor soldiers with like, you know, my heavy armor soldiers, I'm going to lose because they're not really designed for that. It's more of, no, I've got to, I've got to just kind of maybe lure them into going toe to toe with me at the same time. Then I spawn up a menace below unit from underground and fucking screw them over from behind. Like it's all about chaos and disruption on there. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it, that game. That game has so much to it that it's really even without buying a single piece of DLC. I've gotten a I couple have all of the DLC. The, I've see the thing is is that I've got a couple of the legendary lord packs. I've not actually bought any of the mainline DLC uh, for that game at all. So I haven't don't have the wood elves. I don't have. Oh uh, no, sorry. I have the chaos faction, but I had that carried over from the first game. Um. Now, I have the Tomb King. The Tomb King so far have been the, my most favorite faction. The have Tomb you, Kings are a lot Have you done fun. Vampire Coast yet? I have not. Vampire Actually, Coast? I tried, I, tried, I tried them for a little bit, and then I think I did like five turns on them, and then I jumped on the um, Tomb Kings. One, one of the things that's interesting about the Vampire Coast that's kind of unique from what, I, uh, from what I understand, I have not played it, I don't own it, um, is that they are kind of a hybrid... Uh, horde slash not horde so if you've ever played the chaos warrior faction um there or, or the beastmen um which is another dlc i don't have but the beastmen are the or the chaos warriors they're a horde faction they can't take any cities they can just destroy cities uh and the essentially the way you get your units is you raid you you pillage whatever get money from that and then build units in your encamp stance um and that and essentially you're in camp uh, has additional buildings that you can build in the encamp stance. Um, with the vampire faction, you actually can take cities, but you can also do a horde style gameplay where you can also have that advanced kind of encamp stance as well. So it's kind of a interesting, unique mechanic to it. Um, Dark elves. One of the things I love about them is that they have a, a, a sort of a way of doing that with their black arcs, um, which if you haven't done the dark elves, they're also pretty interesting. I get a kick out of them and I made a lot of jokes because essentially the dark elves are the, uh, the BDSM faction. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally one of the, one of the units that you can recruit is scantily clad women in leather straps that have whips. I literally am not making this up. I couldn't make this up. I guess I I know who I'm playing as, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah, in any case, you're playing uh, as a dwarf, aren't you? Yeah. Dwarves are loads of fun. <laughs> but yeah, so in any case, uh, to, to kind of wrap things up on here, uh, yes, as as mentioned and, and as shocked as Pinnacle Ops was, uh, next week we are actually playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Not Finally! Sure, not sure how it's I'm feeling about that. Pushing. Ke- Kev has been yeah, pestering Kev me. Be Kev has been pestering me for, for like he's year. not kidding, a year to play it, and I've been really reticent to touch that disgusting piece of trash again. I'm doing it for the sake of, you know, shutting him up variety and also shutting him up and, and trying something <laughs> and because, new. And let's be real. People watch us and we see the numbers. People like it when we buy our game. Yeah, mostly then, it's, it's Inquisition, but let's be honest. <laughs> well, we, we, we get hits from Mass Effect 3 also. I think we're going to get a few hits for Inquisition um, yeah. Andromeda. I know. In any case, a lot of it is, you know, I, I feel uh, I'm like, eh, I'll, 
I'll, I'll I'll pick the game back up and play it a little bit. The game is the multiplayer isn't unfun. I just got really put off by how greedy they got with the with the microtransaction loot box bullshit in there. Mm-hmm. So and and and, and, that, and that's what broke my heart about it because the game itself I I still think is fun. I still play it to this day. The I multiplayer mean, is fun. I mean, let's be honest the su- the the subtitle and the summary of. Uh, uh, of Mass Effect Andromeda, you could really summarize as wasted potential because it had so yes. much potential in the story mode and the multiplayer, and it feels like that it just they tripped and fell down the stairs while going to that potential, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. so we'll be on uh, next Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific time uh, playing some Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, we'll be here for that one. Uh, and then obviously the week after that, we'll be back for our next podcast as well. Um, obviously for those of you, um, watching here online, we do stream every Saturday. One of these two streams, either the podcast or the, uh, or the play streams, uh, alternating every other weekend, uh, every Saturday night at 7 PM Pacific time. Um, if you are listening to this podcast on audio, uh, on our, uh, (laughs) um, like if you guys are listening to this on the audio version that we upload to uh, our very many podcast sources, including but not limited to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, Castbox, and Pocket Pocket Cast. Oh, Public Radio on there as well. Um, then you can also check us out live. We stream this on Twitch, on YouTube, on Mixer, um, and we also uh, you know have a Discord where we chat about all of our goofy shit that we're going on about now. Hear a lot of our rants before they make it onto the stream, and also some rants that never make it onto the stream entirely, just because um, I really don't care what corporate shilling that Kev is doing this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, Nintendo. Yeah. Well, well, actually, while while talking about Nintendo, though, give a shout out to Reggie. Reggie's retiring. I know. I heard 15 that. Fifteen years. And yeah. I, I will say, you know, showing aside, I do think he he has actually been a pretty decent ambassador. And oh. nothing else, he gave us an amazing meme. No, the thing is, is my that body is not ready. No, the thing is, is that Reggie Reggie's actually been a pretty good, uh, pretty good personal contact for uh, for Nintendo. Not only that, I don't know if you guys saw there was this movie a while back that he was actually in. Um, these, uh, like, it was one of those stoner movies, to be frankly honest. Um, like three guys that work in a hotel or whatever, uh, they get like taken hostage, l- kind of like a, uh, a, a die hard scenario, like the first die hard movie, except the protagonist are three stoner dudes. Um, but they're so like, tr- Christmas movie? uh, I, no, I don't think it was a Christmas well, movie. Well, but that a Christmas movie. I don't know. In any case, in any case, the the movie at the end, like the guys were trying to uh, sell the like they were trying to make this robot video game experience or whatever. Uh, And at the end, Reggie actually makes a cameo in there. Uh, He was one of the hostages, uh, I I think, in there. And he he was like, uh, because they what do they call it? They called the the robot thing. They called it uh, like Skin Tendo. And, uh, <laughs> and he, yeah, I missed out on that one. Yeah. So yeah. essentially, uh, essentially they, uh, uh, he, they were like, oh yeah, you want to buy us? And he was like, no, but I will pay you for the name <laughs> or something like that. I was like, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so in any case, uh, yeah. So shout out to, to Reggie for, uh, it's, he's definitely been, I, I think a pretty, pretty good influence. I think a highlight though was seeing him, Phil Spencer and that one guy from Sony that I don't remember the name of Sean on stage. Lee. 
Yeah, that's the one. On stage together at the Video Game Awards. And I'm thinking, hey, look at this. These are three super rich guys that are sitting there glad-handing each other backstage saying, man, we're so fucking rich, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's so shocking. These guys should be like, I don't know, fighting or something. Because they're it's, like rivals. And I'm like, no, they're not. Backstage, they were drinking champagne and, and congratulating each other on how rich they are. Right. They like, ain't like, give like, a if fuck. See these guys on Twitter? Like, Phil Spencer we used to talk about his daughter playing the Wii U. Like, he didn't care. Like, no. and, and, and Phil Spencer came out and said it, too. Like, I, I like Phil Spencer. He um, was saying, no, it's not my job to make you not buy a PS4. It's my yeah. job to make you get you buy an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Is that, And the thing is, is that those high-level executives, they don't, they're not like, I, I don't know, people get this, like, a lot of the people that are what I would classify as fanboys, those emotionally involved in the uh, in the products that they're buying, you know, the, the commodity self people, um, they feel like that they are emotionally attached to this hardware or this game oh, or this brand that they bought. It's not a feeling, they are emotionally attached. Oh, yeah, you're right. They are emotionally <laughs> attached to it, and they feel like that... Criticism of of that thing that they bought is criticism of them personally. They feel like any potential competitive um, competitors out there are competitors of them personally, and so when they see um, the executives of this company like shilling for or not shilling, but just okay with the fact that there are other brands out there, they're like, no, you should go and blow up their building and 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 kill their families because you know there should only be one thing allowed in the in the marketplace and i'm like what is wrong with your brain <laughs> I, I think that about all these people like it's funny like you, you'll start talking to people you know and you think you're just talking about games and they're like oh no this is about console gaming i'm like does it make a difference yeah no or it, 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 it's, it's just that bad on the pc side too pc dudes are like fuck consoles <laughs> i'm like like no, we don't really right. want one side. You saw what happened when Sony thought thought they was running shit, and it's called the PlayStation Three. You saw <laughs> what happened when Microsoft thought they was running shit. It's called the Xbox, Xbox One. One. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you saw you what, and what you don't want to see PC. Well, you don't want to see that shit on PC. Kev, it turns into the Epic Store. You, you an went Epic and, and you know what happens when Nintendo thinks they're running shit? You get the Wii U. <laughs> it, it happens. The N64 is more. It's it, um. Would be a, be a better GameCube. The N64 was no, no, GameCube. The N64 was pretty beastly. Uh, yes, first time, it was pretty honestly. beastly, and the PlayStation One beat its ass. No, the thing is, is that it was still competitive <laughs> in the market. That's if you compare that to the GameCube, the GameCube was nothing. Like it True. fell flat. Nobody well, it, fucking it wanted against, that shit. In fairness, the GameCube went up against the PS2. It went up against the PS2 and the Xbox, and both. Xbox was an unheard Xbox, of. It was it was nothing. It was a nobody coming well, on. Dude, the it also went up against the Dreamcast and the Dreamcast. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Yeah, so it, I mean, it had and, some, and, uh, and, and, and let's be real. Like go like going dream. up against the PS2 just, was, like Mike, Ty- was like Mike Tyson in '87 going up against a random first grader. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, before we get sidetracked too much more along on here, we're we're going to we're going to get wind down here on the night. Like I said, guys, uh, if you don't want to check us out on any of our social media or in our Discord, there are links down in the description of wherever uh, source you happen to be consuming this podcast from. You can check those out there and, and come find us. Anyway, we're going to get signed off of here. You guys have a good weekend. Uh, we love your faces and stuff. 
Uh, except for Kev. I love you, Phil Spencer! He, he only loves you if you are Dude, a corporate. stash is going to be gone next podcast. Oh, no. Oh, well, no! So, so guys, uh, I guess we'll that have to, unfortunately... This, we'll this have is to, the last sighting. We'll, we'll have to bring Zyphon um, back to the podcast since Zyphon's mustache will be gone can, next week. Can weekend. we have the porn stash as, like, a special guest? Epic stash. <laughs> That's what it's now known as, the epic stash. It's still yeah. the porn stash. It'll always be the porn stash. It's only because we're discussing so many epic fails that it's got to be the epic stash. It is epic fails. That That is literally it. So anyway, we're going to get signed off here, guys. We'll be back next week with some Mass Effect Andromeda. All that good fun. Uh, you guys have a good one. We love y'all. Thank you for very much for everybody that signs in and doesn't listen to Kev's nonsense. Uh, I very <laughs> much appreciate that. <laughs> you know, and stuff. Uh. And we praise Gaben. Praise Gaming. Praise Gaming. And Lisa's. Praise Gaming. Fuck Jitsu right, Wong. Fine. He made a $1,200 graphics card. Kev, 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 Kev. you are. What? You are hell of You're breaking up, Rose. I didn't catch any of that. I'm hell you're, of something. You're one hell of a character. One hell of a. There it is. Oh, I don't, Hold I don't on. Know <laughs> I, I turned it on for the podcast.